On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. I'm Susan Shereko. We're talking to Tiara Cox today. Um, Tiara is the author of the book, If My Heart Had an Eye, Would It Cry? And I was very curious about that title, so I want to get right into the conversation with Tiara and find out all about it. So please, wave your hands to welcome Tiara Cox. Hello, Tiara. Welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> so, Tiara, as I mentioned in my introduction, how did you come to have the title, If My Heart Had an Eye, Would It Cry? Um, well, I actually had wrote a poem when I was a child. I was in grammar school, actually. And I had wrote a poem, and the poem was that title. So when I wrote the poem, the poem was so interesting and so good, I had won an award. So I won an award for the poem. So I was like, okay. You know, I love writing. I love writing poetry. I love writing stories. So I always said I was going to write a book one day. Whenever I wrote a book, it was going to be the name of, that was going to be the name of my book. But before it even got to that point, I had already had got it tattooed on me as a child because I was I was in grammar school when I, when I won an award, so when I was like 15 years old, I got it tattooed on me because it meant a lot to me because the poem meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? That's going to be a good title. That'll be a good title for my book. That is, since it means so much to me, let it be the name of my first book. And I just kept with it. That's pretty awesome. Now, was this, uh, this is essentially, I'm going to say, the story of your life? Yes, this is a true story about my life. And on my book, well, I, I wrote my book, my author name is Arthur T. Cox. Um, I didn't want to put my, like, my first name. I, found, I came up with my author name. That's what I chose. And I was like, you know, I'm tell, I want to write books. So before I get to writing books, I want, my readers to know me as an author. I wanted people to know who I was. So, and I had a story myself. So I wanted to introduce myself to the world with my story before I, you know, got to write other books. I wanted people to know the reader, know who I am. So I felt that my life story would be a good start considering I had been through so much. And that's what I, I chose to go with. And I'm, I'm actually glad I chose that because it, it still, again, it has a lot of meaning to it. Absolutely. Um, we're alluding to a hard life as in our conversation right now, and I just want to explain to the audience that uh, Tiara has had, uh, is, is from Chicago, and she's seen and experienced quite a bit of violence and abuse in her life. Um, and that's, that colors you know, all the things that she does. Um, Tiara, with with so much of that violent and abusive um, lifestyle around you, uh, how you know you've gone on to become a mother. You have three children. How mm-hmm. do you protect them? Well, actually, for a long time, I've actually made sacrifices as a mother. Um, I stayed with my kids' father for twelve years. Um, I stayed with him twelve years of abuse. I stayed with him while he, you know, he used to beat me. So he used to fight me. So I stayed, I took the domestic. I took that abuse because I felt that in my heart, like, although he would abuse me, I felt he would never, you know, 
rape my children because I was mm-hmm. raped before by my mom's ex-husband, my little brother dad. And, you know, that that had me for a long time. I couldn't, I couldn't like, you know, I couldn't, I never brought men around my kids. My kids only ever been around that one man who used to abuse me. You know, my kids are older now. Like, my kids never was, you know, that, that affected me so much. I never trusted no one around them but him. And then it gave me the need to want to date, you know, bad guys because I felt like the bad guy could keep me from mm. the boogie monster because I consider mm-hmm. my rapist as the boogie monster. You know, like, gotcha. he was the, like, that's the worst. And I, I felt like I had to date a street guy, you know, who could protect me. To protect and yourself. That's who, yeah. So so when you, um, you know, here you're trying to raise your, your family and everything is, you know, at sixes and sevens around you, what what did you do to make a living? Um, well, I I was always determined to be something like me and my brother. That's a part of my story. Like if you, whoever read my book, like we all we from the projects, so it don't mm-hmm. get no harder than the projects. Me and my brothers are from born and raised, and him on the projects, and that's what my book about. Growing up in those projects, we saw a lot of things. My mother was in the game. My father was in the game. So we were like, you know, when they say you wasn't sworn in and you was born and we was like born into this lifestyle. We never had a choice. We didn't have a choice to do nothing else. We had to do what we was taught and that's what we was taught. Like our mother was in the game, my father was in the game, like my whole family, like, you know, we we from the project. So but me and my brothers, we had something different. We said that we wanted you know, we didn't want to be from the project so no more. We wanted to live the luxury life. We wanted we wanted something out of life. So we always said we was gonna do we we did street things because we were in the streets. But we always said that we were going to do things to get us out the street. And that's what we did. Like, we um we always stayed in school. We wasn't going to be like, you know, our moms. Our moms and dads dropped out of school and all that. But me and my brothers was different. Although we were still in the street, you know, we ended up being a part of the gang, too, due to the life in Chicago. Growing up in the projects, you can't, again, just because our mother, my mother was a, you know, a fork on a hustler. I had, you know, they could, I'm already considered one because I'm her daughter. Like they, mm-hmm. it was just a real big thing, and I was never in a game. I never been in no in no gang room. But again, with the life you in, the, where you come from, they gonna always consider you being a part of that because again, we was born in it. So we said we was gonna change the game. We wanted something better out of life. We wanted to take our mother and our grandmothers from the vibes. We wanted to buy. We had dreams. We wanted to buy them big houses. And my dream was okay. We was gonna stay in school. We were going to be in school. We were going to go to college. I was going to become a nurse. I was going to write books. I wanted to be an author. That was my dream. My brother wanted the clothing line. He wanted to own buildings. He wanted to get into real estate. These were all our dreams, you know, since we were children. So, of course, mm-hmm. you know, what comes to project life is all the, the drugs, the game, thing, all that, everything, you know, came with it. But we personally, me and my brother personally, we were different. So we stayed in school. We even graduated, like, my brother graduated out of school. He was on um, prom king, but he was a young guy. He was a young guy. He was my big brother. He was a young guy from the projects, but he was doing what the the, the older guys were doing, and he was making a you know a nice profit from it. And with that, when you're young, so now everybody looking at him like, oh, he's he's the up and coming next, you know, the person for everybody to look up to. And with mm-hmm. that, come a lot of jealousy. So. Mm-hmm. With the jealousy, with the jealousy, because my brother was out here, you know, 
making money, you know, living his lifestyle. People, you know, they came joking. He was still in school. He was, his, he graduated from out of high school. He was prom king. I never forget. He was prom king, all that, graduated. We was a turn wow. again. We wasn't like, mm-hmm. we wasn't like regular, you know, project kids. Everybody else from project them. Nah, we wanted better. We knew, and I was, we was real smart. I was smart. So I was like, you know, we're going to come up. We're going to do this together. We always, we were real close. My brother used to go, um, scalp at the, it used to be the stadium, but now it's the United Center because that's where we're from. He used to go over there and make money, try to park cars, all that, like, you know, whatever, trying to make a way up out of the life he was born into. So, um, 2006, my brother ended up being killed by someone who watched us grow up because of jealousy. Mm. Um, so that was like my first real heartbreak. But before that, I had went through so much. I had, I had went through, you know, being during this time, you know, I was a like a, a, a troubled kid. Like I used to fight a lot, and when people going through things, you know, a lot of girls resort to. I had been raped and no one knew about it. So I had this big old family, but it's like mm-hmm. no one could hear me cry. Like, how is all mm-hmm. y'all around? And this is happening to me. Like, oh, I used to like want to like kill myself. Like, oh, how can I get out of this? I was afraid because my rapist was a, a known killer. So mm-hmm. he told me if I told anybody, he would kill me. So I was afraid of that. But at the same time, I knew that I had this family that, even if I took a chance, I wanted out. Like, I, I started, I had a close friend. Like, I need somebody to know about this because I know that my family, even though he a killer, I'm willing. He killing me already. I'm willing to die, you know. So mm-hmm. I want my family to know. Like, and then I was called a liar. Mm. Uh, I was called a liar when it first got out, but my brothers knew I wasn't lying. Like, some, the story was so deep. They knew it was no lie to it. They saw how. I end up telling one of my friends one night, one of my childhood friends, like, you know, like, either just comes the night over my house with me, you know, I'm a, you know, like, because I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I want to kill myself now, like, so just come mm-hmm. the night so I can show you what he's doing to me. Like, he's raping me like this man, and so they crying. And I told her because I didn't know how to just tell my family, but I knew she was, like, messing with my brother, my big brother. We was kids, though. And I knew she was close to my big brother, so I knew that, she loved my big brother. She she could tell him, you know, what I couldn't tell him because I mm-hmm, needed him to know, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell him, like, I need you to know why I'm, why I'm acting like this, why I'm hurting, and, you know, why I'm crying. I need to know what's going on with me. You know, like, my mama, you know, keeping me trapped in the house. No, I'm being raped. Like, I'm I want I'm not about to be here long, but that's how I felt. So I told my friend, like, you know, just spend a night with me. I'm like, he's, she's like, why, why? I'm like, please. I'm like, I don't want to stay by myself. I'm like. I'm like, he keep coming, he keep trying, he keep raping me. She's like, who? She's like, no. I'm like, I can't tell nobody. I'm afraid he's going to kill me. I'm like, y'all know how he is. So once that once that happened, um, she ended up spending the night with me. And he came in my room that night. And I was like, he, he came in there to rape me again. <laughs> he came in there to try to get me to come rape me. So I, I told her, I said, look, we gonna, this is what we're going to do. I said, we're going to pretend like we sleep. I said, because he come in my room, everybody's going to pretend like we sleep. And you're gonna, y'all going to see him come trying to get me. I'm like, so I, we pretend like we were asleep. Everybody pretend like all my friend and my cousin. I'll never forget us three. We pretend like we were asleep. And when he thought we was, thought everybody was asleep, he came to my bed. All of us sleeping on the same side of the bed and everything. He came to my bed, and he kept grabbing me, like tapping me, like, you know, it's time to go. You know what time it is. It's time to go. 
for me to rape you. You mean to have sex with you again? So I, I began to tap my friend, like, well, she get the, she's seeing him, like, because we not sleep. We pretending to be sleep. She wakes up like, um, he wake up, he try to walk out. He's like, what y'all? He's like, y'all, what y'all doing? Did y'all, he try to play it off. So now my friend's like, all I want them was to do was believe me. So now they, now, now they see like, this is for real. Like, so she had went to my brother, the one that was my big brother, and she told him, and it was a big commotion. Like, my family, it was a big thing. Um, my family was like, my brother was crying. He was like, tell me this ain't true. Like, when I, I had came home from school one day, and I noticed a lot of my family, like, the guys was in the hallway. They had, like, gloves on. You know, I know what that means when you're in the project. Somebody about to get hurt. So they was like, you got to come straight home. So when I went home, I'm like, oh, what I'm thinking, like, is I'm a trouble? I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, but you know, at the same time, it's happy and it's joy because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of him doing this to me. Like he's, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm really about to kill myself. So now it's like my, my brother. See, my brother loved me. We real close. We was close. Anything he crying, he like, he's like, have this nigga been touching you? He touched you? Did they rape you? I was, I was, I got to crying. Like they had him in there. It was my mom, my grandma, my brother. He's like, let me know. He's like, let me know if he touched you because I'm gonna kill him. He, I'm like, I'm like. I'm about to tell my brother. So my mom, he look, he started looking at me like, so I can't say nothing because I still have this fear of him right. killing me. Because right. although he's saying this, my brother is not a killer. My brother just mm-hmm. hurt, but this man is a killer. Mm-hmm. So wow. this man, like this man, like looking at me. So my brother see it. He like, oh no, nah, let's 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 take her in another room. He like, why you started watching my sister? I watching my sister. He like, let's go in the back room. We went in. The, we went in the back room. We actually went in the boys' room where he had first raped me at. He raped me in my brother's room. When he first mm-hmm. raped me, he raped me in my brother's room. Um, he, he, um, he told my brother. He told my brother was like, "Now tell us." He like went around him now. Tell us what happened, what he did. So my mom, I was getting ready to tell him. Like, yeah, I'm like, he like yeah, he raped me. I was like, I was crying. I was like, I was like, yeah. My mom was like, oh no, if he did, I'm gonna kill myself. So right in that instant, when my mama said that, like, oh, if he did, I'm gonna kill myself. I instantly like. No, I took my focus right on my mother. Like, no, mama, don't kill yourself. No, 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 no. So now I made a said this is my first sacrifice. I made a sacrifice. I'm like, no, no, mama, don't kill. I, I didn't. I care more about my mama living at that moment than me. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, mama, don't kill yourself. It's like, and I think like you know, was that a selfish thing because my mom once said that I was a liar, so, she, so that came out. And I was like, I, you know, our relationship haven't been good. It's like I'm the black sheep of the family, and it's like I always like, you know, I feel like. Sometimes, you know, like she, you know, you did me, she did me like that. When she said that, at that moment, I didn't care no more about what he had done to him. Like, no, my mama, who wants their mama to die? Who wants their mama to kill themselves? I'm like, no, I got to scream. Like, mama, no, no, no. Don't kill yourself. I immediately made, that's when I chose to live with my pain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. versus my mama being alive because my mom had said she going to kill herself if he did yep. that to me. And I'm like, that's and that, a, like, why would you say yeah. that? Like, I'm, he heard me. I'm your child. No, we're supposed to be together. Like, no, don't kill yourself. If anything, he the one should be dead. Like, no, we, no. It's, so with that, yeah, I had to live with that. And there's been pain, and it's been pain after pain. I've been through well, a that lot. Is, I mean, that, that, is, that is a lot of pain to carry. And, mm-hmm. and yet, are you, are you a person of faith? Yes, I walk by faith. That's what my book is about, like, never give up. Like, it's times where that's all that kept me was faith. Like, if it wasn't for faith, I used to look in the mirror like, God, why is I'm here? Why do you want me alive? Like, look, ask him, like, what's my purpose? I used to break down 
because I used to, I didn't want to be alive no more. And then I had met my daughter's father. He was young, but he was a little wild boy growing up in another project. So, again, I felt the need to be with someone who could protect me, which is a bad guy. He was young. I had a street playing with guns, all that. I needed that because I felt like he could protect me from him. So I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter at 16, and my, my rapist ended up going to jail Right before I got pregnant, he ended up going to jail for a long time. I was like, yes, it's my chance to get away tonight. My daughter really saved my life because I was going through it. Like, I ended up getting pregnant with her at 16. I just come from being raped by my mother's, you know, husband. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, the big, the big, like, it was just so much. Like, I used to run away from home to my best friend's house because my mom, you know, like, a mistreat me and I feel like, you know, I felt like she was, I felt like I wasn't being heard. Like, I'm your daughter. Like, this man is raping me. Like, like why is, you know, why is you not hearing me? Like, what he did to me? Like, no. And then for a while, until I released my book, my mom, you know, she when she read my book, she saw, she called me crying. Like, I'm so sorry. She like, baby, I'm mm -hmm. so sorry that I didn't, that I didn't believe you. She like, I'm so sorry that I, I didn't know, I didn't know this was for real. She like, I would have, I would have killed him. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you wonder why I never had a man around my kids and all my friends used to be dating. Like, you have a nice apartment. Why do you want to bring? No, like, I stayed with one guy who used to beat my ass, like, literally put me in a hospital, beat me, take me to dead ends, kiss her with me, everything. Like, I didn't think I'd make it out of that relationship alive, but I made those sacrifices for my children because although I knew he had beat me and do all that to me, I knew he wouldn't rape them. Like, nobody was, that was my thing, keeping my kids safe. Like, even still, I'm I'm very selfish with my children. Like, I feel like everybody shouldn't get to, shouldn't get to, to be around your children. Everybody, that's like what the only thing God gave me that belongs to me. And the real, you know, people can taint your children. The real taint children because I was a tainted child. Like, and I had to realize, like, you know, what happened, to me, what happened to me is not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, for a while, I used to, mm -hmm. you know, like, beat myself up. I couldn't, my whole life, I just used to be like, He's like, one that now when my book came out, everybody's like, oh, my goodness, I see why you the way you are. Now I understand, yeah, because my book, yeah, and now y'all understand why I was Explains so it, Sure. Tierra, you know, you what what is so significant about your story is that you have turned your life around in some very real ways. I mean, you oh, went yeah. to nursing, you went and you got various degrees in nursing mm -hmm. and are yeah. continue to study to get your RN. Um, yeah. And you, beyond that, I mean, you've been working at that, but you, and you wrote your book, but you also did something else, which I find fascinating. You have created a nonprofit organization to help people in your community. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, it's, it's called um, My Brother, My Sister. It's a nonprofit organization, and I wrote it. I mean, I mean, I'm. My road of thinking about my book. <laughs> I started my company because of um, my nonprofit organization because I love helping people. And, you know, my relationship with my brothers, I didn't want to just help women. I, I think men need to be helped as well because I had a, a real close relationship with my brothers, you know, that, that are no longer here with me. Um, and I want, I feel like people should, you know, you should have, everyone should have that brotherly and sister love like me and my brothers did because out of all the bad things in life that life has given me, some of the best things that happened to me, like being their sister, the love they gave me. You know, my brothers helped me be the woman I am today. They helped me. They, my, I wasn't going to college. My big brother, before he was killed, 
He told me, he said, T, you too smart. You got to go to college. Like, he was determined for me to be something. So a lot of my motivation, you know, comes from him too. So I couldn't just be, I couldn't just give up. Like, I'm still trying. I'm still not where I want to be in life. But I'm not giving up. I know I will be there one day, you know. Things keep happening. Like, I wasn't even going to release my book two years ago because my second closest brother, we getting ready for the book release party. He was end up being he ended up being killed two months before the a month before the book release date by the uh-huh, police uh-huh. wrongfully. Mm-hmm. And mm. and like um, you know, so I'm an advocate for Black Lives Matter. I I be around the world speaking for him. Like I'm I'm grieving. I'm still going through a lot, but I know my brothers will be. They proud of me for what I have done. They they proud of the things I do. You know, they proud of that I did release the book. That I, you know, even through all the hurt and the pain, I still went ahead on and released it. I still, you know, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to bring our dreams into reality. I'm still striving for the both of them that's gone and deceased. So I'm still, you know, I'm here left taking care of their children and everything. Like, I have to keep going for them mm-hmm. and for me and for what? my children. I mean, you've published your first book. Are you still writing others? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm about to get ready and release um my first two children's books. I'm I'm actually writing. I'm a... Again, I love to write, so I'm writing all type of books. I'm about to write some urban novels. I'm about to um, I'm about to release my first two children's books the beginning of next year. Um, they'll be out, I believe, February and, the second. And what is it? So, so what is it? You're, I mean, you obviously are dreaming forward all the time. I have great respect for yes. people who dream. <laughs> you know, it's it's a yeah. You know, for me, it's you. You know how to build a dream. I, yes. I, you know, yes. I, I'm a transformational coach. Not just coach build and it, I, go get it. I like to, I have yeah, to go get it. Like, yeah, yeah. You I have can't to go get it. Back. Absolutely. Like, I have to go get it. Like, ain't nothing going to come to me. Me just dreaming and telling my dreams, I have to work towards them. And, and God has really been, if it weren't for God, like, seriously, <laughs> like, for real, yeah, he, if yeah. it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm here today because, mm-hmm. like, and, and when you ask me out of my faith, yes, uh, I, I've been through some things when, in that book, that book comes a lot of strength. Like, I've witnessed a demon over my child before, like, not just me, uh, his other parent. Like, I've been, God is real. And I know without him, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Because even though I'm not where I want to be, I thank God for where I am. I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. You know, I thank God for my blessings. Like, I have to. Well, thank God you do. I mean, he, he really, you know, that kind of gratitude goes a long way. Um, I know you mentioned to me that you're just kind of tired of having to go through everything that's in that environment, and you want yes. to get out of it. But what what would have to happen for you to be able to, to get away from that that world? <laughs> well, I would have to do what I'm keep doing. Well, I'm working. I'm doing what I have to do as a mother. I'm I'm working. I'm still writing books. I would need. I would like for my book, my story, to get out there, and someone maybe want to. Because my book is so good, like, it should be like a movie. I want my book around the world. People need to hear my message, need to hear my story. Like, I've been through some things. I want people to know that you can get out the get out the streets. Like, ain't nothing out there. The streets only take you away from people you love. And it's okay to that little girl that's getting afraid to tell what happened to her. It's okay. Don't keep that hurt inside. Talk to somebody. It could be a stranger. It's not your fault. I want to tell that little girl that's in her room crying that I was one day, like, it's not they fault. Like, I just want my story to get out there more so that I can buy me and my kids a, a house to get away and, you know, get out there right because I'm still in the same environment. I'm not living in the same neighborhood, but I'm, I'm still around I'm in Chicago. I'm still around the 
you know, things happen. Even though I'm coming and going, I'm moving different because, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman and I have things to live for and I have goals and dreams, but it, I'm still not, it's still happening around me. Like, I'm, I need to get get out of it. So once I make it, you know, enough of a life till my story gets heard, and I, I believe that my story will get heard into the hands of the right person. I mean, I mean, the ears of the right person, and my book will get in the hands of the right person. And when, when they hear my story, I mean, because it's real. Everything is real. Nothing is made up. It's actually a lot of things that I didn't put in the book that, you know, and I was like, maybe I'll get a book deal one day. Somebody could buy my story and make it a movie. I get a lot of people trying to get me to make my book a movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'd rather give it to someone that's more, you know, out there like Tyler Perry or, you know, Netflix or right. somebody, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. it could be because my story is very touching. And then I want to be, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. I want to go around, mm-hmm. you know, telling, you know, like, this is me. If I could come through this because I've been, when I say I've been through things, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. I've been stabbed up. I've been shot up. I've been ran over. I've been abused by a man. I've been raped. I've been hit in the head. with. I've been through things that probably would have killed some people, like the things I've been through. But I, I got through them, you know, by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't look, I don't look at myself as weak. I don't call myself you will never find me saying that I'm the victim of rape. No, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I'm a survivor of rape. I'm a survivor of, you know, of being shot. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of my past. And that's what I want people to know. Like, no matter what you're going through, you you know, hold on. Don't give up. It's going to get better. So we've got to get people to read your book. Where Where is it available? <laughs> It's available on Amazon and from me, and I also have an um, Instagram, um, author T. Cox, author under slash T under slash Cox, and I have a, a, um, a Facebook page, author T. Cox, as well. Um, and it'd be like everything that goes on in my life. Basically, like if you go on there, you're like, oh, yeah, everything that she's been through, it, it, it adds up. It's like it's me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people could reach me on there. I've got people that want to, you know, book me. They want to book me for interviews. I have an email. My email is Tierra Cox, T-I-E-R-R-A-C-O-X-X at gmail.com. But I'm willing to just get my story out there. That's where I'm at right now, you know. And people ask me what made you write a book. It was for the story. I want to help people, like, I want to help those kids that's, that's out there in the streets. They get out from streets. Them gang, them girls that want to be in a gang. When you send, send in jail, or you send, you dead, you six feet under. Nobody's gonna care. Like love, love your life, and cherish your life, because you only give one life. And that is such a powerful message. You know, it's it's as the more you get it out there, uh, in libraries and in you know schools. Yes, that's why I really wanted it. Things. Libraries and yeah. yes. Yeah. That's why where I people will, yeah, where people are thirsting for knowledge and they're thirsting, you know, there, there's a big question about how do we change what's happening in a city like Chicago, and you certainly are right in the midst of all that's going on. Do you think yes. it can be solved? Yeah, because you know, like, and I think it's it's all with the women, like women like me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can make a change because although I'm in the midst of all the you know, a lot of people respect me in Chicago. Like, the, the guys, like, all the different gangs, like, 
they be, you know, they suck. Like, I feel like me, me personally, I definitely could, you know, make a difference. And mm-hmm. because people are drawn to me and people, you know, people listen to me. And people love me, you know, like, and I've been through what I've been through. I'm a great person. Like, I'm a great mother. Like, people know me. Like, they know me in Chicago, and they know me, like, where I'm from, and they know my heart. And they know that, like, I've been through all this violence. Because, you know, some of them, we used to, like, even the people that me and my brothers used to even, um, you know, like, gangbang against when it was the gangbanging was going on. Like, all those people come up to me and be like, I'm so proud of you, like, you know, like those, like I, that's I know, I know I can make a difference because the people that we used to fight and all that growing up, we not, we not enemies no more. They not, no, nah, them the same people walking up to me, giving me hugs, buying my book, sharing my post, saying I'm proud of you. You know, I love your story. I'm so happy. I know your brothers will be proud of you. You know, like so, yeah. At the the the, the time I'm in now, when they did that um Chicago movie, um <laughs> he should have Spike Lee should have came and got me. For sure, <laughs> for that movie. <laughs> do, sure do you feel? Talk to me. Yeah. Do you feel as if the women of Chicago could organize, you know, as a group to make a oh, difference? Yes, yes, because we are we are women. Me, I'm gonna speak on myself, and I know a lot of other women. Like we are respected. Like and it's like the things that I come from. Being now, now they like, you know, I didn't used to always be on like, oh yeah, it's peace. I didn't mm-hmm. used to be like, oh, yeah, it's peace. No, I used to be like, yeah, I'm out here to remind you. I used to be out here with my brothers. Like, no, nah, I'm fine with my brothers. Whatever we doing, we doing together. Like, we were out of that. Like, that's how we were. So, yes, like, I feel like the women make a big impact because right now today, like, the people that could be, that be into it, like, guys that be into each other, they all take to, to the women right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they could be they could be having problems with the people that, that I don't, you know, that I, like, from my side or town or whatever, but they'll come and be like, yes, I feel like the women make a big, and women like us, they can't be just no, you know, it's a lot of girls out here that's not women. They out here want to still be in the games and, you know, mm-hmm, but when it's mm-hmm. women like us that have businesses and want to do things in life, yes, these guys do listen to us. I know that's for a fact. That's powerful. Yes, that's a, that's that's a resource within the city that you know nobody can. Come, I don't think somebody from outside can come in and solve that problem. Mm-mm. But all of no. you within banding together could make a huge yes. difference. Yes, we could, well, and I know we could because I know. <laughs> because I'm, yeah, I'm, you just know. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Tiara. I mean, this this is an important message, and I. I would love to see that sort of, you know, homegrown solution to this problem because it's it has so many people have lost their lives there pointlessly. So yeah. I, I'll put my prayer up there for that, you know. Uh, yeah. I want to thank our listeners for, for, you know, staying with us today. Yes, me too. Uh, thank you uh, all. <laughs> I, I want to remind them we've been speaking with Tiara Cox about her book, If My Heart Had an Eye, Would It Cry? And for those who are in situations, circumstances, and conditions that threaten your quality of life, Tiara's story is one of overcoming these circumstances. She gets beyond it to build something better for her life. So if she can do it, so can you. Yes. Thank you again. Tiara, Tiara, I, yes, I think welcome. it's so wonderful that you are sharing <laughs> your experience, that you're willing to do that because it really helps a lot of people. Yes, so I'm as we close here. today's program, if you want to face the situations in your life as Tiara has, 
um, I want to recommend that you follow up her offer to reach out to her on social media. Um, author under slash T under slash Cox, C-O-X, and Facebook on Instagram. And also she does have an email address, Cox at gmail.com. And this is, you know, she's someone who will understand and, you know, be able to help you overcome, you know, overcome whatever is going on around you. Uh, so please, uh, you can do it. And I can, you know, if you want to talk yes. to me, I, you know, I often offer um, some advice if, if, and and I have programs to help as well. You can always email me at susan at susanshareko.com and we can start a discussion about how you might do that. So, Thank you for listening. I look forward to hearing from anyone who wants to reach out. And thank you again, Tierra. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you for having me. And that's it for today. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Happy holidays, everyone.